You are listening to Satellite Sisters. This is our recap show of Madam Secretary. We are in season two. This is episode 10. This one is called Unity Nude. I don't know what that means, but we're going to talk about it. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, and I'm here with my big sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, I just want to let the people know, if you have downloaded the show. You are a Madam Secretary fan. We are so happy to have you. We've been doing this recap since the beginning of season two. And uh, sometimes we pair this with our regular Satellite Sisters podcast. But now we have so many TV shows that we're recapping, Julie, that we've Uh had to separate out the Madam Secretary podcast, right? We're doing the regular Tuesday show with the Downton Abbey recap, correct? Right. That's right. And Madam Secretary, it's kind of like the International Space Station, Leanne. This, we've set this out alone. It's its own satellite uh, that you can listen to. Excellent analogy, Julie. Excellent analogy. So if you're looking for the Tuesday show of Satellite Sisters, I promise you it's there. Go back to iTunes. Go back to Stitcher. Go back to our website. You will find it. But we're doing two TV recaps simultaneously. So Madam Secretary stands alone. And she truly did on the show. I mean, she brought it to this episode, didn't she, Taylioni? Hardest working secretary ever, Leon. I don't, I don't really, I have some time space continuum issues, like how she was able to get all the places that she gets to in this episode, but we'll get into that. But yes, she was very, very busy. All right. So the episode was called Unity Node. And it did have uh, the the International Space Station in it. Was that a reference to the space station that I missed? I actually Googled Unity Node. I, uh, what does that mean? Do you know? I, I yes, Leanne. That was that was the one place in the space station where um, the astronauts that were in trouble could get to to get the new suits on. I believe. Okay, somehow I must have missed that. I, maybe I was writing notes. It was there was so much happening when we watch the show. We write notes and then we rewatch the show. But here, here are some alternate titles I had for this episode, Julie. <laughs> okay. Okay? So the House of Deep Blues, because oh. heavy art direction in the show, heavy self-reflection in this episode, everything was blue. Blue, yes. blue, 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 yes. blue. And I personally think it's because Taya Leone looks spectacular in blue. I think that's why they went with blue. And that, and that, that whole, there was a whole middle section where everything was teal blue. Yes, where she was in that color and all the lights in Washington were teal blue. I loved it. Yeah, her director of communication wearing a lot of pops of blue, blue ties on the men, everything, a lot of blue. And I think it was because it was a reflective episode, we were supposed to feel deeply about this as they pondered the, uh, the aftermath of what had just happened in Geneva. So that that's one title. Here's the other title I had, Peace versus Peace of Mind, What's Easier to Achieve in 60 Minutes? Because, I mean, you're right, man. They were everywhere, jamming it in, outer space, school volunteering, you know. Right. Multiple countries, really. Sweden, the U.S. They were, she was in Austria. How, how did she get to all those places? I don't know. I don't know. On Skype and on the Ukraine, I don't know. That was just a lot happening in 60 Minutes. Or then my, my third alternate, alternative title was The Axis of Evil, Russia, China, and Mandatory Volunteer Work. <laughs> yes, Leanne. The Quakers had a bad... They took a, they took a big hit this, uh, in this episode, wouldn't you say? 
<laughs> I, I, I expect that there's going to be a big Quaker backlash. It just I, I seems sort of, of un-Quaker. But... Of course, it will be a nonviolent uh, backlash. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess they're, you're free to, like, take down Quakers, you know? Because... <laughs> yeah. They got, well, they got, we're going to go over this, but they got the word that they had not, uh, Henry and Bess had not been doing their mandatory volunteer hours at school, and they were going to have to show up, like, that afternoon for the Winter Carnival. And, of course, Bess had the classic line, mandatory volunteer hours. Isn't that an oxymoron? And we have talked many, many times about mandatory volunteer hours at Satellite Sisters, so this is a storyline that spoke straight to my heart. But we start off... We start off the episode, we're back, we, we see, we're in Geneva, and we see the aftermath of um, the, the violence that we saw last week. A peace accord was achieved with Russia, the Ukraine, the United States. Russia is going to leave the Ukraine alone. The Ukraine is going to give up part of their country to Russia. Oh, and right. some, yeah. And somehow the United States made that happen, even though they had to give up their spy in Ostrov's government in Russia. And then they're all getting in their car. She's got the puffer jacket on. She's got the thing over the puffer jacket. Bess is getting in the car, trying to reach Henry. And then some guy with an RPG blows up a car. We don't know whose car it is, but this week we find out it is the president of Russia, Maria Ostroff. And Julie, can I just say the moment, the moment when the Swiss guards stepped in as first responders. In their pantaloons there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that... That, that's really the problem with terrorism, Leon. Yeah. We, we got guys in pantaloons and muskets trying to, you know, trying to deal with suicide bombers. Yeah. It's just not a good situation. I mean, that was, that was just, I had to watch that twice just yeah. to, oh yeah, get your hat. That good hat is really going to help in an emergency situation. Okay. So I feel bad for Marie. I, I mean, I mean, of course she killed her husband and that's how she became president of Russia, which isn't so nice, but I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the fact that she was the beauty queen turn Russian president. I thought that was a good storyline, so, yes. but I guess she had to go. She had to go because they had to make way for that hunky new president. I mean, he was kind of hot. The new Russian yes. president at the end. Yes. Okay, we'll get to him. All right, so here are the storylines we're going to talk about today. We have the after effects of these peace talks and the murder of Maria Ostroff on both Henry and Elizabeth. They really are both dealing with their own after effects, essentially trading lives for peace and what that means. And even though these are both career, uh, where they're CIA agents and NSA agents, and they've been in and around this sort of situation for a long time, it still affects them both deeply emotionally. Hence all the blue. They're very blue. Both of them are very blue this entire episode. Okay, then we have a storyline where things are happening in the International Space Station uh, two American astronauts and a Japanese astronaut are cut off without their spacesuits. I know there's a technical name, but I'm going to call it spacesuits. Now, if Nadine's boyfriend Glenn was there, he would have. He was our. He's our man at NASA, but uh, he'd, he'd have some other term for it. But yes, I think uh, I think that's good, Leah. And that that the the International Space St- uh, Station was damaged by the North Koreans, Leah. How I crazy was that? that? How crazy? How they? When we spoke to Lori McCreary and Barbara Hall, the executive producer and the head creator of the show, they told us they like sometimes they're astonished at their own ability to sort of predict the future, like. Barbara Hall, right? 
fights it and it happens. So we had North Korea allegedly exploding a hydrogen bomb this week. And I'm Madam Secretary, the North Koreans blow up the space station somehow. Right. It was incredible. So, but we have those American and Japanese uh, astronauts in danger. And the only ones that can save them are the Russian astronauts on the other side of the space station. But they need help from China, who stole the design of these special space suits from Russia. So Madam Secretary, in the midst of her grief and in the midst of essentially trying to save the peace deal with the new Russian president, also has to negotiate with the Chinese now for the Russian uh, – for agreement and help uh, in the International Space Station. And then the third story line is just uh, the tyranny of school volunteerism. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's near and dear to everyone's heart. They don't care who you are. And in particular, the Quakers don't, Liam. Uh, they, they don't care. They don't care that you're saving the world. Okay? Yeah. I mean, li- literally, she was like saving the world, like in the middle of the school fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Just going to tell this one. Oh, we get to that story t- line. Remind okay. me to tell a funny story that happened to me once when I was running a, a project and this woman, oh, she had a crazy job. And okay, never mind. I'll tell it at the end. All right. So let's go to the after effects on Henry. So Henry has given up his, his asset, Dimitri, the Russian, uh, the Russian student has been, um, allegedly killed, Julie. He's now, been- I, now I, I don't think Dimitri's dead. And here's the reason why, Lan. Here's my thinking. You know, I lived five years in Russia. Uh, so I would think if the Russians caught a spy, they would like a very public trial where they have them in that cage. Have you ever seen the Russian justice system? Where they, no. They put suspects like in a cage in the courtroom. It's really nice. Uh, so they'd have him in a cage or they'd have him like in misery in a Russian prison. Okay. Just to like execute him. I don't think they, they're getting their bang for their buck in terms of retribution for someone that they believe who, who, you know, against the Russian Federation. But so I'm hoping I'm hoping against hope that Dimitri is still alive. Right. When we first see Henry, he is in deep cover. He thinks he can save him. He's gone to Sweden and we know he's in Sweden because there's a Volvo in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Leon. <laughs> what? Much like the Swiss guards as first responders, the shot of the Volvo made me laugh. But okay, he's in Sweden and uh, he's there with his handler, um, Assistant District Attorney, Attorney Jill. From- Jill in desperate need of, 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 she has to go get some highlights. I mean, I, I mean, she's working um, hard. I know, I know that's the point. Like she has no time to take care of her hair because she's really involved in some deep undercover operations. I get it. I get it. Okay. I just don't trust that Jill. I think she's going to circle back on Henry. So I I agree, Leon. I agree. So Henry tries to get out. I think it's, you know, it's going to be like the Godfather. He's going to try to get out. He's going to allegedly quit his job, which he tried to do, quit his job at the NSA, you know, Jill Hennessy, uh, assistant district attorney there, and her people, they, they basically said to Henry, you can't get out that easy. It's not going to be that easy. And Henry is really struggling with this idea that he traded Dimitri's life. So even though more people will be saved in the Ukrainian-Russian conflict, he just really is having a hard time with this. Right. I think he felt very close to his student, Dimitri. There was something so appealing and pure about Dimitri 
that, you know, that he feels that he really took advantage of. So yeah. you think Dimitri's still alive? We're going to see I him do, again. I do. I do, Liam. I, okay. That's, uh, uh, so hope against hope. All right. And then, uh, and then we have Elizabeth dealing with her aftermath. And in one scene, you know, they've discovered that it in fact was sort of a rogue Ukrainian that killed Maria Ostrov. And so we're back in the situation room where she sees a raid to find this rogue Ukrainian and it involves a couple of U.S. Blackhawks, special ops teams, and a, they, the Blackhawk goes down and they lose six Americans. They get the rogue Ukrainian, but she really takes the death of these six Americans really hard. She's struggling with having given up Dimitri's name and, and having him killed, and now she's struggling again with these good decorated heroes going down all for what. And I thought I her emotion she- was very real. Me too, Lee. I was just going to say, I thought it was a very powerful scene. And, and, you know, you just, the anguish of like sending people into harm's way, even though they're, you know, they're trained professional soldiers. It was just, that was really a good scene. Yeah. Well, at one point, you know, the Jill Hennessy says to him, like to Henry, actually, well, you flew missions in the Iraq war. You've killed people before. Why is this hitting you so hard? And I think that was the question they kept trying to answer throughout. Like these are career, you know, career people who have been in really tough situations before. But that doesn't mean that every life doesn't count. Like what is the price of peace? And that's what we got the answer to this week. But in the meantime, and Madam Secretary is feeling it. She is angry, Bess, right? Julie, she is bringing it to some of these I, world leaders. She know, is she not taking any guff. I know. I'm glad to see that. And I'm really wondering whether our leaders actually use Skype uh, in this fashion, whether they are actually or whether they're still on those old fashion like the red phone when they talk to the russians i hope they're using skype and salty language that's what i i hope yeah she was not taking any guff from anyone and so all of a sudden this you know crisis at the international space station sort of took on an alternate meeting like oh maybe if we can achieve peace in space we can achieve peace here on earth and so there we had you know her team back in action uh we have jay who like everyone who works in washington he gets paler by the episode doesn't he (laughs) yes but he he is paler but his hair is longer i took note of land and i think that adds to the gravitas of jay you know you know that was an issue we felt that was lacking on madam secretary's staff is that she didn't really have enough like bench strength there to support her as she saves the world each yeah. week so jay has grown he is paler but his hair is longer Leon, and uh he's uh I, I think that's helping yeah and then uh you know the communications director daisy she always asks the questions that you want to ask like what are you talking about so she has an excellent role when the <laughs> scientist was trying to explain life on the international space station she asked the obvious questions uh as the viewer would like what is he talking about what is mm-hmm. that can't they just fly around in space in a regular spacesuit? So uh, she had a very important role. And again, she was wearing fantastic blue shirts all the way throughout. Just that pop of color Daisy uh-huh. had. And then uh, we saw that her major domo, Elizabeth's major domo, uh, her bagman, really had a great show. I thought he had some good lines. He had to break a lot to her. He was there for her. He helped her with that change of clothes. Julie. I know. Did she have the cutest casual clothes to wear to work at the school, Leanne? I love that whole outfit. <laughs> But yes, I love seeing the staff 
I, 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 we've missed them the last couple of weeks, and I think it's great that they're getting a little more airtime because uh, they're they're some of my favorite characters. One think- one line I love from Nadine this week, and I think I know that we have employed this as a communication tactic at Satellite Sisters is bold language, vague specifics. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Nadine had to issue a statement and she was like, "Uh, yeah, check, bold language, vague specifics. That's just, we have definitely done that in some of our headlines, our press releases for Satellite Sisters. And then I also uh, liked Henry's line because they were sort of at it. They have not made peace with each other after making peace with their actions. And so Henry and, you know, Bess was trying to force Henry to open up, open up, talk to me, talk to me. And he said, can I process this for five minutes or does that not fit into your schedule? (gasps) Wow. That was a chilling line because, you know. But okay. I mean, they are a real couple. You would imagine they'd have to say that from time to time. Right. It just... It adds to the, the fact that they're trying to work on their relationship. I like that, Liam. The one, there was the one scene when Henry called Bess right after it happened, like, oh, I'm so glad you didn't blow up. And she said, where are you? And he said, you know, I can't say. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've had calls with your husband like that, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's I, thought of. I can't really address that issue, Liam, at all. Your husband's an international businessman. He's been in, quote, deep cover occasionally. Deep cover. He goes to Sweden from time to time, Liam. <laughs> And that manages to get back to Washington, D.C. in within like 30 seconds. OK, I, we do need to see one scene where the two of them are just slogging it out on, on all these international planes, <laughs> you know, to really to add to the reality of the situation, you know, because I don't know how they got back and forth so quickly in this in this episode. But uh, I was also concerned, too, because once the International Space Station storyline came into play, there was the, you know, creative device of the ticking clock, right? We yes. have 14 hours. Ooh. And then at one point she went to sleep. And I'm like, okay, well, that was like eight of the 14 hours. <laughs> How much did she sleep? How- of course, we there is the underlying concern when Madam Secretary was in Europe with the uh, peace deal and, and you know, Henry's in, in Sweden – who is taking care of the kids? They don't have a housekeeper, Liam. I know they have Blake and he helps out and everything, but come on, you know? I know. I know. All right. And then the final storyline was the mandatory volunteer work. Yes. Now, so in the middle of all this, like they are struggling emotionally, they are struggling diplomatically, uh, they are struggling romantically. They have to go work together at a booth at the school fair. There's nothing worse, right? The school fair. Yeah. Maybe the school auction. That's worse than the school fair. But there, these, this is this is heavy lifting. No, the like, school fair, I, I can tell you, I several times, I never chaired the school fair at our school, yeah. but I did chair our booth, like our grade booth a couple of times. And um, at my kid's school, we have like a couple of masters of the universe. You know, they had some, some men who were like just too good for that. Right. And I can remember asking them, we did a spin art booth you remember you know that with the paint oh i love those everyone loves spin art jewel it's a great booth i'm telling you so uh but it's messy and i can remember asking like a couple of guys uh hey could you put in an hour at the spin art booth and one of them looked at me like literally my head had just come off he was like no i'm not gonna do that (laughs) i was like okay all right so the quakers use like a gentle guilt to get them there Uh you know they they don't use force they're not they're not hostile they're non-violent that doesn't mean they aren't masters at making you feel guilty. 
So they're at that they're at that school fair and they're fighting at the school fair. And that was awesome. I love that. I love that they're bickering at the school. Yeah. Very nice. One time, another time, I did a lot of school volunteering. So another time I was chairing the book fair Uh and we were having some outdoor activities and uh, there was a woman there who was coming to help me set up and I was instructing her very carefully on like how how to put the tablecloths on. (laughs) Yes. Because that's it. Mm. Like if you don't get those tablecloths on straight, it's all over. Kids care. So, but I noticed like this was back in the day and uh, I noticed that she had an earpiece on, which was kind of unusual. It wasn't like everyone had Bluetooth at the time. Okay. And you have to know that we live uh, in Pasadena. I live near the Jet Propulsion Lab. And so I was trying to instruct her on the tablecloth applications at the table. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm listening to Mars. And she <laughs> she was a scientist in the first Mars rover project and they were just getting like the first signals back from the rover. I was like to Mars. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Next time someone asks me to do something I want to do. I'm sorry. Just put your finger to your ear and go, I'm listening to Mars. I was very effective. And I thought of Elizabeth when she got like, you know, excuse me, Madam Secretary, you have to step away from the school fair booth because like things are blowing up all over the world. It does seem like maybe they may let you slide if you're the Secretary of State on your volunteer hours, but apparently not, right? All the parents have to contribute, Leanne. That's, that's the way, that's the Quaker way. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't know that. I just was surprised how just the number, the number of comments about Quakers that they made in this show. <laughs> Well, there is the big fancy Quaker school. Well, there's an oxymoron in Washington, right? That, yes, uh, yes, that, so that many, many um, children of politicians. I, I believe that's where Chelsea Clinton went to school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think it's where the Obama girls go, right? I don't know, Liam. Okay. Yeah, I believe it is. So uh, secret. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So at the end, though, what wins out? Well, what wins out? We have, I thought the president, that monologue about his experience uh, in Vietnam was actually very effective about what it's like to lose men and to get through that and to understand sort of the trade-offs in terms of doing work on a huge scale and the price of peace. And he shares this with Bess. And I thought that was a nice emotional moment that she had I, with the president. I, I agree, Leanne. And particularly considering that for the last couple of episodes, all the president has done is blown up things. So there's sort of to step back and to be a little more reflective, I think was nice. Yeah, that was a nice speech. And then we have the scene at the International Space Station where somehow it comes together. Even though Russia says we'll get the spacesuits up there, but we don't give the Chinese any credit. And the Chinese said, we don't give these to you unless you tell the world that it was China that did it. Somehow in the spirit of, you know, the betterhood of mankind, everyone is up in space exchanging spacesuits gleefully and gladfully those Russian cosmonauts make nine spacewalks and deliver the spacesuits and save the American uh, astronauts and the Japanese astronauts. And everyone's gathered around watching this all happen. And that was a nice moment too. Yes, it was, Leanne. And, and hooray for the Russians. Yes. Yeah. And then we meet the hot new Russian president. And <laughs> Okay. Okay, Leanne. 
I mean, I just thought he was a good looking guy. I just thought he was a good looking guy. Like that's good casting. I don't know who he is or anything. I just thought, oh, he kind of looks Russian, really. Uh, And then we learned that Maria Ostroff, the the killed Russian president, has now become, good line, Mother Teresa of Moscow. (laughs) Yeah, she was quite the saint there when she was jabbing her late husband (laughs) with the poison. Yeah. Good work. And then Madam Secretary finally gets to go home. I mean, really, after the world's longest day, uh, she finally gets to go home. We have two of the daughters there, and they're like, Mom, way to go on the space station, which is really cute. I thought that was a cute scene. I like that, too. But where is Jason, the son? We don't He's know. missing. I guess they lost him when <laughs> when the parents were in were saving the world. Like, he, well, I, where was he? I missed him. I don't know. I'm May- worried about him. <laughs> Okay. Maybe, I don't maybe he had a school field trip or something, Julie. Okay. <laughs> I know. She needs more oversight there, the kids. And then she says at the end, peace is a beautiful thing, but making peace, not so much. This is a good line. This is a good, a good line to wrap it up for Madam Secretary. But that was a busy, busy show for her. Busy I, show. She, she, she needs a, a quieter week coming up. I mean, I don't know if that makes good television, <laughs> but, but uh, I don't know if we can do this every week. I know. Zag. It's exhausting. All right. We do have to shout out our binders full of blouses. Uh, Again, the story was blue. Julie, you really enjoyed her casual clothes, that striped blouse and blazer combination with, she is the only grown woman I've ever seen who can wear boyfriend jeans. I think. I know. And those cute little sneakers. And then she had something else wrapped around her waist too, but it was all working, Leanne. It was adorable, uh, but yet sort of sort of casual, but you know, it's, it's that smart casual. I've never been able to achieve. She, <laughs> Madam secretary had it all going. And but then I, uh, it's really a special shout out to that spectacular blue coat. When she oh say, my gosh, yes. When she put the collar up, the color of it, the teal, the matching blouse, and then she had sort of the tweedy skirt. I'm not crazy about the little black bow tie, but okay. I just, everything else was so magnificent. Uh, I, that was outstanding. <laughs> So uh, we like the all blue episode. I hope we can look forward to more color related episodes. We appreciated it here at Satellite Sisters. All right. If you are looking for the regular Tuesday Satellite Sister show, remember it's up on iTunes. Our recap of Downton Abbey is attached to that episode. But we are happy uh, to be here with Madam Secretary doing these recaps for you every Tuesday. All right, Julie, any predictions for the future on Madam Secretary? What do you think? Dimitri, we will see him again. Okay, Jason, I don't know. He may be gone forever, Leanne. Yeah. What do you think? And and then Henry's handler is going to come back. Something, Henry is going to be sucked back into the NSA in some way. I do not trust Jill Hennessy, assistant district attorney. (laughs) Okay. And more Blake. That's what I say. Oh, yeah. 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 I thought he had an excellent show. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. was very charming this week, as always. But he seemed to have some great moments this week. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. If you want to find out more about us or listen to hundreds and hundreds of podcasts we have, you can go to SatelliteSisters.com, SatelliteSisters.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter, at Sat Sisters. And uh, it feels like we're always here, doesn't it, Julie? Yes, it does, (laughs) Leanne. We're either here or we're watching TV and we're doing it for you. That's our motto. We watch TV for you. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. 